Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of aesthetic PA, expert injector, national trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen. We are here to drop knowledge, cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way. Welcome to Through Thick and Skin Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Jensen, and I am here for episode number 21. I am here to follow Megan's solo, super inspirational episode from last week. She had such a great time with it. I decided to give it a try myself. I'm going to try to live up to that act. I know that is pretty much an impossible task because she is an expert at uh radio and recording and she's hilarious but I'm gonna try my best I loved her episode last week it was super inspirational to me even being her sister I love the part about herself you know finding her spirit fruit and I was trying to think about mine okay what would my spirit like produce be and the first thing that t- popped in my mind was an asparagus and I'm like oh my god Erin asparagus that's so boring and asparagus like makes your pee smell so I'm like okay no 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 channel Megan a little bit more and the best thing I could come up with was a banana Now, hear me out. You know, bananas are pretty consistent. Like most people like bananas. Um, They're healthy for you. They help you if you have leg cramps. And you kind of know what you're going to get as long as the outside isn't too ripe or not ripe enough. Like a banana is pretty consistent. So that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to channel my inner banana to give you guys episode 21. What we're going to talk about today is that we're going to talk about, you know, a little bit of a hot topic right now with COVID and the state of California, um, especially everything going on right now. I definitely do not consider myself political vocally on social media or any other outlets. But you know, this past week has got me riled up. And I am not here to tell you what we should be doing with COVID. I think it's a very complicated situation, but I really do think we are missing the mark on a lot of things, especially in the personal services industry. And I want to talk to you guys more about the personal service industry, what I have viewed in my life and my business. And the one thing that I think I am very, very fortunate of is that I am able to interact with about 30 different people every day on a daily basis. And all these people come from different walks of life. At this point, I don't know about you, but mainstream media on either side, I'm just over it because I think a lot of them are not reporting the facts. They're skewing the information in however they want to sensationalize the story. So all I do all day is that we'll obviously do lots of injectables, love doing that. But I really think about 80% of my visit with my patients is just chatting it up. I am also very fortunate that about 80% of my patients are either in the personal service industry, like barbers, cosmetologists, estheticians, or in the medical industry. I have tons of nurse, LVN, PA, nurse practitioner, doctor patients. So that is my direct to the source. So I'm going to relay the information that I have been hearing from all of them the past few months and, you know, just kind of have you guys think a little bit about what is going on. Is this really right? Is there anything we can do as a community to improve this? I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I just want to kind of tell you my observations and see what you come up with. So let's talk about the personal service industry. You know, more common in our industry, we refer to it as cosmetology. What cosmetology is, it is the industry that includes cosmetologists, like your makeup artist, barbers, 
everyone who cuts hair, um, your hairstylist, manicurist, estheticians, which can be divided into people who do things like facials, eyelashes, waxing, all those kind of things. And then also our electrolysists, electrologists. I guess you would call it. All those things fall under the board of barbering and cosmetology. So this past week, Governor Gavin Newsom in the state of California rolled back the, or I guess rolled forward. Well, let's see, as he puts it, dim the switch on personal services. So that is one area that was forced to close a few days ago, just like that, shut down. We can't do this anymore. And it's extremely frustrating as a business that just opened our esthetician services about two weeks ago after being closed for over three months. We definitely want to do what is safer for the public. But in my opinion, I think the state is hugely missing the mark on this. And yeah, let's just kind of talk about it a little bit more. Let's, well, I guess let's first talk about what the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology does. So there is this board and it is part of the state of California. And what they do is that they protect and educate consumers who are looking for these services. Like we definitely want to keep people safe. We don't want people getting infections, getting adverse reactions from these personal care services. So they're going to help the consumer keep them safe. They do that by regulating the individuals who provide those services. So it's not like anybody can just go start cutting hair or wax, doing waxing. You have to go to school. Uh, several episodes ago, we had Mr. Nico Alanese, our amazing esthetician. He was also an educator in cosmetology for over 10 years. So you might have heard some little nuggets about what he did as an educator in that industry. You have to go to school. You have to pass your state boards. You have to maintain your license. And so we, they do all these things to keep everybody safe, keep their clients safe. So what that means is that this industry, we were made for a pandemic. We know all about how, we, how to keep people safe. We know how to keep things clean and sterile, not spread infection. So that's something we already do on a daily basis, even before COVID. Now that COVID is here, we have definitely stepped it up a notch and we are ready. Like, let's prevent this from spreading. But, you know, we want to work too. So what so many of us did, including our office, is that we upped our safety measures. In our office, we not only have the esthetician side of our practice, which includes things like facials, chemical peels, microdermabrasion, dermasweep, but we also have the medical side of our practice, which is actually governed by the Medical Board of California. So there are two different boards that actually play a role in governing our office. With the, so our medical side was still, still able to be open, esthetician side closed. What we did is that we followed the rules and the regulations that the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology came out with. Before all of this happened, the rules we have to follow in under the board of barbering and cosmetology, it's insane. It's like hundreds of pages and it's for everyone's safety, but it includes everything from how we sanitize, why we sanitize, how hot we have to wash our laundry in, who can touch stuff, who can't touch stuff, what has to be labeled. And so we go through those protocols every month automatically and making sure that everything is kept up to the highest standards. The board actually put out I, you know, I have actually have the papers in front of me just for reference, you know, a good additional 50 pages of rules, everything from physical distancing guidelines, you know, break room rules, cleaning and disinfecting protocols, everything to up everything. So what that includes is that in our office personally, what we did is that we upgraded our air purification system where we have individual HEPA filters in each 
client room, including all common areas too. We use this blue plastic covering over everything so that when you, if you have to touch something, it's covered and we can change it, or we fully sanitize something if it's something that's not able to be covered. We sanitize all the countertops and surfaces and tables and desks, anything that you might have touched. And that's on top of you applying hand sanitizer multiple times when you're in our office. When our employees come into the office, we make sure they are screened for temperatures and any possible symptoms. And we have an extremely low threshold of if any employee is feeling sick, we just send them home. Same thing with clients. If you're feeling like, oh, I woke up with a little migraine, stay home. Little tickle in your throat, stay home. Like we're not going to dock you right now for you know having a late cancel. So we're just going to make sure everyone is safe and healthy who is coming in the doors. All of our employees are required to wear a protective covering, including masks and face shield if they are having direct contact with a patient, gloves, obviously, of course. Most of our providers are wearing scrubs, hair back, everything to kind of keep the not only the employee protected, but we're protecting ourselves, so not spreading any germs to any of our clients or patients. Before the shutdown, we had the client, if they would come in, you had to wear your mask the entire time, and you only removed your mask if it was necessary for the procedure, the shortest amount of time possible, and the client put it right back on when they were done. We had all clients come alone, so no friends, no kids, to prevent more people from coming in the office. We also went beyond that and encouraged our employees, hey, you guys probably shouldn't eat together right now. We have to stay separate. While we can't dictate what people do outside of the office, there is definitely encouragement on how we can keep all of us safe and healthy. So with all that being said, we were doing all of these things. And if you had been and gotten your hair done or your nails done anytime recently, you probably saw very similar protocols. With hairdressers, they're wearing masks. The, the client is wearing masks. I know a lot of hair salons had someone cleaning and disinfecting the shampoo bowls after each person. So literally just like disinfecting the bowls all day long. At nail shops, they, you know, in, installed plexiglass everywhere. Shout out to my nail shop hands down in Claremont. T owns it. She's the best, the sweetest female owned business owner. Spent thousands of dollars on this plexiglass only a manicure or a pedicure one at a time. You know, everyone is doing those things. So we all, everyone in this personal service industry put in all of these new protocols. And, you know, on average, people are open for about two to three weeks and then bam, we're closing everything. And it's, it's, we see what's going on. You know, things are, are spiking and, you know, kind of let's get into that a little bit. So after all of those things, I've said, you know, everything from wearing masks all the time, sanitizing, not eating together, all of those things. If you think about it in your personal life right now, if you say you and your husband hang out with your neighbors across the street and they just come over for a little dinner, just the four of you guys, and you're not really going anywhere, they're not really going anywhere. So, you know, you kind of assume that's totally safe. Can you say that all of those protocols are going on in your own household that are being implemented at all of these personal service industry businesses? If you rented a Duffy boat and it was you and four of your friends that, you know, everyone's like kind of staying at home, maybe just going to work or just going to the grocery store. And you guys, you know, 
someone grabs a little cheese platter and you're having a little bit of cheese and wine on a Duffy boat for like two or three hours cruising around the harbor. Can you say that you've implemented all of those safety and cleanliness protocols that all the personal service industry has? I mean, all these things are something to think about. Um, I found what is so, so interesting. Let me grab my more papers here. I just got tons of papers printed. If If you are in medicine, you know you have most likely always have articles and papers and all kinds of stuff, journals all over the place. So we're used to this stuff. So I'm going to read something from you that this was just published by the CDC. You can find it on the CDC website, Um, Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. So what is this topic about? Okay. This topic is already known. I'm going to read you guys some things. Consistent and correct use of cloth face coverings is recommended to reduce the spread of SARS-CoV-2. So what this article talks about, I'll summarize it for you because it's a a little lengthy, is that one hairdresser was infected with COVID and she was seeing clients. She infected her coworker. So now there are two hairstylists positive with COVID working, working, seeing clients, dying, cutting, all kinds of stuff. Okay. They see over a hundred, well, they see 139 clients during the time they are actively infected with COVID. How many people got COVID from those hairdressers? Zero. Zero people got COVID from those hairdressers. And you know why? Because everybody wore masks. Everybody wore masks. So they went back and actually polled all of the clients to see, okay, like, were they were they really wearing masks? And so there's a chart that actually breaks everything down. 98% of clients were wearing masks for the entire appointment. And 2% were wearing it for part of the appointment and zero were, were not not wearing it. So everybody was wearing a mask and only 2% were only wearing it part-time. The rest of them test, did it all the time. So what it shows is that, you know, that is a small population and, you know, you can't give, you know, huge clout to a study with only 139 people in it, a retrospective study. But the CDC is releasing showing that you can actually get your hair done and be very safe and not spread COVID to people. So then what happens? California comes back and says, okay, yeah, the CDC says it's safe. And we have this actual study of real people showing that you are safe, but we're still going to shut you down because you guys are all spreading COVID. I don't know. I'm just like, it kind of blows my mind a little bit because when people are held to the strictest regulations of being sanitary, it's very frustrating as a business owner in this industry to see that that is all happening while everyone is still allowed to be social and have community spread. So what I'm not, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that it's a bad thing that everything is shut, going to be shut down because there is a spike and I'll get into that a little bit more, but how is it? I I really don't think that shutting down personal service is really going to drop the numbers. I have personally known four people, actually five people personally, like know them who have been infected with COVID And all of them have gotten it in intimate social situations, a barbecue at someone's house, hanging out with their mom, going and getting drinks with someone, something in an environment where you let your guard down, you take your mask off, you eat, you drink in front of people. And that's, that's in my opinion, really how stuff is spreading. So I think we all need to do our part to see that, you know, try to be more careful in the environment. But I really think if we could see that, do our part and really see that us in the personal service industry, we're, we're, I really don't think we are the ones that are spreading it. 
Now, where I get my COVID spiking information from, it is strictly from my medical provider patients. Um, I mean, I think the numbers the numbers show that things are spiking. I think there are definitely errors in the reporting system and you know how things are being reported. But what I do is that when I see my four ICU nurses every day for their Botox, I ask them, hey, girl, what's going on? What are you seeing? And they are the ones reporting. They are firsthand witnessing these people that are really sick. Hospitals are full. ICU beds are full. It is definitely, definitely going up. I think the numbers are really hard to interpret, and it's hard to put that statistical analysis on everything. But I think just having that anecdotal information of all my medical patients are telling me that things are going up. I mean, that's what I really believe. During my very scientific investigation of polling my patients right before doing their Botox, I would ask my medical patients, you know, where did we miss the mark? Where did California or the state or your county, where did we miss the mark? Um, and so I have, you know, I wrote down a little bit of thoughts from a lot of them. And I think a, one common thread is that a lot of them think that we really missed the mark with educating the public. You know, if the state had been clear in the beginning of, look, in order to function, we're going to have to wear a mask, we're going to have to socially distance, and somehow enforcing this, I think we probably wouldn't have needed to shut down a second time. And I think the mess up wasn't even my expectations. And, you know, I know, I know a lot of people didn't really know how this was going to play out when you're told, okay, we're going to be closed down for three weeks, six weeks, and that's it. And we're going to be open back up again. I think they could have done a much better job about just talking about like, this is what you have to do. Just because things start to open back up again doesn't mean that you can have big parties and, you know, go on big group vacations and have big family barbecues. We got to like calm things down a little bit. And a lot of them kind of echo the fact of or the the thought of what I'm seeing is that so many are linked to family and friend gatherings, you know, like hooking up with a dude from Tinder, you know, that kind of stuff has to be said out there. Like that's how you can get these things. You just have to be so, so careful. And I even probed even further, like, have you seen outbreaks in nail salons or hair salons or, you know, facial places? And, you know, none of them said yes. So that's just the frustrating part is that when you have society, you know, going out there and, you know, doing what they want to do and then kind of the businesses are suffering because that's really the one thing that the state, the board has control of. So it is frustrating. Um, you know, I really inquired, like, are the hospitals, are they prepared with your your PPE, your protective equipment? And I actually got mixed um, opinions from my different medical professionals that work in different hospitals. I had some, um, some of my physician patients that said they are totally prepared. They have all the PPE they need. I also had some of my nurses saying at different hospitals that they were still being forced to reuse their N95 masks and they were being sent out to be sterilized, but coming back and failing their test where they can test if they can smell something through the N95 mask, but they were still being told they were effective. So it's kind of all across the board. And when you think about it, if you've had four months to figure this stuff out, like make sure your employees are protected, you really should be. Um, you know, a lot of the hospital administrators, you know, they are trying to do things to get people out of the hospital that don't need to be there, doing things like telehealth visits, you know, balancing the patients across different hospitals. In you know, I think they're, they are, are trying, but they are missing the mark on a lot of things. One thing that I found to be, you know, pretty frustrating is that a few weeks ago, you know, I was involved in helping some people trying to find COVID testing sites, and it was darn near impossible. And a 
freaking nightmare to to be honest to find people to go get tests right away you know the county says they have all these testing sites but their appointments were full and then you talk to people and they said they went there but there was nobody was even there and you go to an urgent care and they're out of the tests or the test took seven to eight days to get back. I mean, why do we not have these testing sites everywhere for people to be tested? And I know there's lots of opinions on you don't want to be tested because then they track you and all kinds of stuff. So, um, you know, just for if you are against it, that's totally fine. Whatever you think, you know, I've also heard personal stories of, you know, some, some, somebody I know's friend, you know, I know you love those stories where, you know, they know two people who signed up to get a COVID test done. They actually never went in to get the test. They never got the nasal swab, but they got a test back saying that they had a positive test. Uh, you know, and I think that's very frustrating because having those, hearing those kind of stories out there really fuels the fire of the more extreme side of this is fake, this doesn't exist, I shouldn't have to wear a mask at all. So I wish there was just more of this you know, black and white information that we could all follow. And especially being someone in the science field, that's what we're used to. We just want logical information. And it's very hard when it just seems like no one is really controlling the situation or, you know, the state passed passed down this, um, the regulation responsibilities to the county. We actually have our two offices are in two different counties. Our Claremont office is the easternmost city in LA County. So we have to abide by LA County laws and our Newport office is in Orange County. So we're not only trying to follow the state laws, but the different county laws or one of our offices could be open sooner. It's just, it's, it's very, very frustrating. Uh, so, you know, I think it's just like really taking a step back and thinking, how is this stuff really being spread? I think one thing that is not being said and being avoided in the media is I think we can all agree that not physical distancing and not wearing masks can definitely spread the virus. And I think, you know, right after the state kind of slowly started to open, we had all the protests going on and I fully support the movement. We've talked about this with Vanessa Lee in our previous episode. You know, I support, I don't want to get really political into it, but I definitely support the movement of, you know, moving women of color, people of color forward in, in, in our world and, you know, you know, kind of helping injustices that have been in the past. But what is wrong with saying that a big protest with a large group gathering could have, you know, sparked the virus? Like, that's okay to say those things without saying, I don't believe in protesting. And I think a lot of people are afraid to speak out on either side of things. And we just have to, let's be black and white, you know, like we can't be in large crowds. You know, we shouldn't do the, we, sh- we shouldn't do those things. You can say that just as a fact with not being against the protest. Like you can be both sides. You don't have to be totally left or totally right. Like we can be moderate. I'm definitely a moderate. And that's okay to be those things and have these conversations. But let's just say this. Let's let's talk about these things. It's just very frustrating to be in this world right now where I I don't think the completely the right things are being done. I think a lot of businesses are being restricted. One thing is that a lot of people are really, really going to be hurting right now. Um, if you have, if you are a small business owner or you have been following things, the federal government um, had this help with your. It's called the the PPP, the Payment Protection Plan, and that was to give you funds to pay your payroll during the closure. Well, that PPP is all gone, and there's no more funds for that. So, say if you are a small nail shop or small hair salon, there's no more federal aid to help your business 
pay your rent, pay your bills. Like that's all done. That's all said and gone. We are very lucky in our industry. We still have the medical side of things that supports us. So I feel very fortunate for that. But if you're a smaller business, that's kind of gone. So I'm sure you're kind of scrambling, like, what are we going to do? Also, as of now, at the end of July, the extra federal unemployment will end. So right now, people were very fortunate if they had to be on unemployment. It was very doable for a lot of people. But when it goes back down to the basic California unemployment, it's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be really hard for a lot of people. And you think about these smaller salons and spas, spent all this money. I think about my my girl T at Hands Down in Claremont, like so much money on plexiglass and only doing half the services. And like, this is hard. A lot of people are not going to come out of this in personal services. My patient, Larissa, who is a doll, she was supposed to open her brand new salon the day after the new closure hit. And like you work your ass off to have these businesses, follow the rules, play by the rules. And then for it to just kind of get taken away, it just sucks. So in my opinion, which, you know, take it as it is. I mean, if we're going to shut everything down again, we have to educate. We have to put more restrictions on social gatherings and sh- social functions. And I know this is America, land of the free, but you, we can't have it both ways. You can't totally kill people's livelihoods. And then this other social aspect is stirring this pandemic. Like we have to take politics out of it, look at it black and white and what can we do to all together as a community get through this. And he, look, I do not like wearing a mask. It is not fun, but I wear it 10 hours a day. I wear my pretty restrictive mask and face shield 10 hours a day. And you know what? I would wear it. I would sleep in it if I could have our businesses and all of the other personal services um, businesses open in our state. Because we're here. We're here to work. We're here to take care of you guys. We're here to make you feel better. So I hope we can figure this out and get through it. So just some food for thought. You know, if you agree or disagree with me, let me know on the Instagram. Totally happy to have conversations with everyone. But I think a lot of us right now are trying to think, what can we do to support our personal services in uh, person in our lives? What are we going to do for a hair girl? What are you going to do for your manicurist? So the best thing you can do is if you have their number, call them, text them, be like, hey, girl, what do you need? I got you. Do you need help? Can I pay for my next hair coloring in advance? Like, can I help you come clean up the shop? Like, can I watch your kids, you know, while you need a break? Like, ask them about anything. Like, all these people in this industry are real people, and they're, they are probably really struggling. Ask to buy a gift card in advance. I mean, shoot, you know, just, like, don't, like, give them their tip early. Drop off 40 bucks on their, on their doorstep if you have their address. You know, all those little things can help. Also, ask if you can purchase product from them. Do they sell shampoo? Do they sell nail polish? Can you support them that way by helping their um, purchase product from them. Um, You know, say if you are struggling too and you don't have that extra money, you can do things like leave them a Yelp review, leave them a Google review. That doesn't cost anything. And helping spread the word about them and helping their online presence, go on their Instagram, comment on their Instagram, that's going to really help and promote their business when they do open up. Tell a friend about them. You know, post a picture about your hair you know, when it was good, when it was fresh and be like, I love my hairdresser. You know, if you need shampoo, go buy product from them. So those are all things that you can do to really help them in this time of need. You know, I'm, I'm hoping we can get back to doing our esthetician services very soon. We are very lucky that we have our virtual platform set up. So if you need any help with your skin while you're at home, um, I know a lot of people just want a darn facial and I get it because I have not had a facial in six months or a derma sweep or anything. So I'm feeling you too. I hope you 
you guys really enjoyed this podcast, you know, let us know. Let me know what you thought about it um, in our most recent Instagram post. And this episode is going to launch on Thursday. We have a very, very exciting offer promotion for all of you personal care people in our lives. So watch out for it. We can't wait to take care of you. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Tell a friend about it. I will tell you one thing that really helped us is I tell my patients about our podcast all the time. And I have so many of my patients that are like, I've never downloaded a podcast before. How do I do it? So I literally take their phone, click that purple square on their iPhone, download it for them. So if someone is interested in our podcast, help them and show them how to how to listen to podcasts. It's really helpful. But thank you guys so much. Megan and I will be back next week for a co-episode and try to get back on track. All right, guys, have a great day. Talk to you next week.